Has the jury reached a verdict? We have, Your Honor. This is TV8 by Dinner, a podcast about entertainment issues brought to you by DarkCrazy.com. He's guilty, Judge, he's guilty. You could see it in his eyes. He did the crime and now he's got a pain. He's guilty, Judge, he's guilty. We have seen through all his life. The time has come to put this boy away. My name is Sean. I'm back by popular demand with Greg and David. Hey, how's it going? Howdy, y'all. That's right. And when I say demand, I mean it. People got mad on the forum when we cut off a little abruptly last time. (laughs) Who knew people would get so fired up talking about Disneyland? (laughs) Oh, well, leave them wanting more, I guess. Oh, well, speaking of Disney World, uh, just this weekend, actually, they've announced a big expansion to Disney World. They're uh, buying Universal. It's called Islands <laughs> of Adventure. They just bought it. <laughs> exactly. We've got a got a got a whole ride that's already built. <laughs> it's probably going to get that way. Uh, well, if, and if folks don't know what we're talking about, uh, yeah, we Disney haven't talked is about this on the show. Very yet, very yeah. close to the purchasing Marvel, which yeah. uh, big which, big deal for both of them. Yeah, it's good good business. Oh, I, I think so too. But what's funny about it is, uh, you know, Universal, uh, Universal Orlando, which is like just down the street from from Disney World. A large part of it is themed with Marvel Comics characters. So, and apparently they're going to honor that agreement. I mean, that they're they're going to stick to that contract. I guess as long as they have to. Well, it's a win win yeah. for Disney. They're like, you know, when your contract's up, we shut you down. But before <laughs> it is, you're paying us. <laughs> That's awesome. I know. It's like, good. It's kind of funny. Show me you the some royalties on that Hulk, right? Yeah, exactly. Either but, way, it's a win for us. But what I was talking about before is that they're putting, a, they're making a big expansion to Fantasyland. They're putting in like an Enchanted Forest and all that kind of stuff. But the big thing is apparently they're redesigning Star Tours. Yeah, I which heard is about the Star that. Wars yeah. thing, right? Oh, really? Kind well, they kind of yeah. need to because yeah. Star Tours was not the first, but one of the first of those sort of like motion screen yeah, motion simulator rides. And, yeah, the, the first of, one that I know of was actually like an inner space kind of ride, and it was at Epcot. I thought where it was, you did I thought it like was Back a, to the Future, but maybe I'm wrong. No, no, Back to the Future, Back to the Future perfected it. Okay. Yeah, it's the but one that yeah, I remember exactly. the most. This thing was like, a, and I can't remember Body Wars was what this oh, was. Oh, okay. Right, and it was basically, you know, I can't even remember the old Donald Pleasance movie where they they shrink the people down and Fantastic go into Voyage. Fantastic Voyage. It was like that and sort of like inner space, you know. Yeah. But you were in a little thing and they shrunk you down and they put you inside someone's body. And that was basically the same setup they used in Star Tours. Now, the the Back to the Future one expanded on that and they made it more of a... They made it practically like a full 180 view. Like you're in the car, it's open, and they actually have animatronics around you Which and all this awesome. stuff. Which is awesome. I mean, that, Much that ride Much more emotion. way better. Yeah, really good ride. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the Star Tours is very much similar to that Body Wars ride, where you're you're kind of mm-hmm. in a box, you know. And uh, it, it's pretty much the same ride, but the, they changed the movie because yeah. you do the same exact kind of stuff, the same kind of movie. I would not be surprised to find at all that it was actually the same exact simulation with a different movie. 
Well, they're retheming it, and the one, and you're not going to like this, Sean, but the one. <laughs> Jar Jar's Wild Ride. Prepare yourself. <laughs> no, but apparently, I mean, you do get to participate in a pod race now. Uh, oh. you know, the, the Star Tour ride, you know, goes through the, the pod race. And that, I, I guess they're, they're probably going to retheme it to tattooing. Right, that's that's what I think, which to me sucks. because it's too bad. Because yeah, because at least Star Tours was made pre prequels. You know, it was made to mirror the the universe of the original movies. I know, which was really cool. Which was, you know, and you you felt like you were in a futuristic, a Star Wars type environment, but the cool Star Wars environment. You know, like the mm-hmm. you know, well, they like have a the chase and they're, they're joining. Thing. Yeah, the you joining know? and the assault on the Death Star and all this silliness. You know, it was yeah. a good fun. I feel but, betrayed. Uh, I know, man. I'm worried well, about Star it. Well, Star Wars I doesn't mean, belong to us anymore. Really, That's yeah. the thing. I've learned that. I'm wor- yeah, I'm worried about it because, yeah, I mean, it's. I'm glad. I'm kind of glad they're breathing new life into it. But then again, I know it's gonna. It's not gonna be what I. We'll be the harm about making another Star Wars ride. That's what kills me. It's like, why do you have to? I mean, I mean, you know, it seemed like there was plenty of people going to to the Star Tours ride when we were there last. This big elaborate thing. The the walk into Star Tours is so much fun, where they have like this robot factory in C three PO and R two D two. There's an R2-D2 ad, ad on the on outside. Yeah, I, my I like brother's that. kids all got their pictures taken on this uh, spider speeder bike they have outside. So they're gonna rip all that out and put like uh, caricatures of Sebulba and. Uh, yeah, exactly. It'll be and and from the Clone Wars TV show, not even from the prequel movies. Man, see, it'll, it'll yeah, have Jabba's know. weird gay cousin. What's the, that <laughs> hut from the from the CG show? Are we so sure weird. he's gay? I don't he know if they have genitalia, <laughs> but he's he ain't right. I can say that. Maybe he's not gay. Is that some sort of fan fiction <laughs> I don't know about? <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> oh, but that, that that guy was almost unbearable in the. He talked like Dom DeLuise. And that I didn't watch any, a single episode of that Clone Wars TV show just because I watched that movie on Netflix. I was like, mm-mm, no, no. Yeah. Well, I, I watched some of them, but uh, I I just lost interest. No, I could barely me. I almost turned that movie off halfway through. <laughs> this is awful. So that's a point where you get Star Wars is not a guilty pleasure anymore. Nope. Probably not. I wish it. I mean, Star Trek still is, I guess. But uh, Star Trek is is actually overtaking it. It's funny how the universe can't support a good Star Wars and a good Star Trek. It's like it's a constant struggle between the two. Has, has there ever <laughs> when been, one thrives, the other falters? Has there ever been a Star Trek themed ride? Yes, in Las Vegas, right? Uh, yes. Uh, that, that's actually there. There's been a few. Um, there, um, yeah, in Las Vegas uh, at the uh, Las Vegas Hilton, it just closed last year. Uh, uh-huh. It was the Star Trek experience. Okay. And, oh, and it, and it was awesome. I mean, if go go on YouTube, I think there's some videos of it. But uh, um, the thing with it, it, it was it was a motion simulator ride like um, like Star Tours, uh, but a lot more intense. You know, it it, it was kind of like. A lot like Back to the Future. The Back to the Future ride is intense because you like fly through things and break them and all this kind of stuff. There's dinosaurs, sort of, and, and, and it's the same kind of thing with this ride. But what's dinosaurs. cool about it is is the pre-show before you even get in the ride. 
because uh, what you do is they, they take you back in a group of 10 or 15 and they're playing like the video that they show you, you know, you, before you get on, you know, make sure that you strap your seatbelts in and all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden everything goes seatbelts. That ain't the Star Trek experience. <laughs> well, it's, it's the safety stuff that you expect when you go onto a ride. And then, but, but all of a sudden the power goes out, you know, and it just goes completely dark and you hear a, a somewhat familiar sound and they, they blow wind all over you. And then all of a sudden the lights come on. Excuse me, what? They blow what? wind all over. Is this the, is this the stitch ride all over yeah. again? <laughs> well, I mean, there's like a rush of wind, and then all of a sudden the lights come on, and you're on the transporter pad. Oh, like they beamed you, and then like you know, there's there's you know human actors over there, and he's pretending to operate a you know the transporter panel, and uh, and they have actors that come and say, "Are you okay? Are you okay? Come on, you know." It's very important that you come come with us and everything. And so you start walking down what looks like hallways of the Enterprise. And and then they take you to a turbo lift, which is an elevator in Star Trek. And um, and they take you to the bridge. And the bridge looks awesome. I mean, that you you stand it's a it's the next generation bridge. And um, you know, you're standing on the back of it and you know, you're looking at the view screen. And there's people, there's actors, real actors operating the control panels and stuff, and and uh, it's it's really awesome. And then you the, know what people would pay money for that they ought to do is a Star Trek camp, build something that elaborate where the, you, they get to come and dress up in their little outfits and live in that whole you know world of a Star Trek spaceship for a while. I think you know, and awesome. have a whole adventure play out like one of these, you know, dinner theater mystery kind of restaurants. But do it, you know, where they can come like spend a weekend, like a like Star Trek fantasy weekend, where they they live, like the whole time you just get there and it's the entire illusion and it's more like a live action role play kind of thing and all that, but with the full props and those kind of sets. There'd be some money to be made in something I'd, like I'd that. I'd be there. I mean, this Star Trek experience had some cool things like that. They, of course, they had a little restaurant you know you can eat at, which was uh, Deep Space Nine themed, and uh, and a gift shop and everything. It was pretty cool. I mean, uh, but the ride, but the the ride where you actually get to stand on the bridge to me was. How do you awesome. shut down something like that? You know, like, that sounds like a lot of money went into that. They just well, tear everything down. What happens? I, I guess so. I don't know if they're gonna. I don't know what they're doing. Maybe they'll retheme it for this new one. I don't know. I but, do like uh, the idea of the uh, of the camp, except that I'm pretty sure I would get uh, I'd get stuck as you know the security guy number three. That would be <laughs> the more fun experience. I'd be off halfway through. You know, then I'm at the bar uh, for the rest of the camp. Well, everybody wants to be the captain, but really, that it'd be more fun to live. Like they should just do that as a thing of the camp, as nobody's the captain. You know, the, the, nobody's even on the, the the full like the main bridge crew. Like you have like tours where, and this is where you could really regulate amongst the guests. Everybody gets like their own shot at, on the bridge, like as part of their their shift. So, you know, you only have like one or two of the actual people on there and the rest are just actors. So they just get to participate in this part of the story. And then you just have other stuff, you know, where something's going on. But you could, if you established a world like that, you could do a lot of it where the people just interact with each other and just, you know, do their own, like, like a convention. You know, you don't have to put too much thought into it. That probably leads me to another guilty pleasure is uh, one of these days. So help me God, I am going to space camp. 
Space camp. I want to go. One day I will also be 12. <laughs> I'm do, just saying, do they have a space, space camp, camp for adults, man. And I'm do they really? Yeah. What, what's no. stopping you? How high is it expensive? Well, it's like 800 bucks for a week, which isn't bad. That's the will. Hmm. Uh, well, come on. You know, weeks worth of accommodations and entertainment all week. I mean, it's pretty Can cool. you go there with your, like, your wife? Do couples do space camp? I guess, but why would you want to? <laughs> I'm okay with that, except for the whole, like, accelerator part of the ride. I mean, the, the, of the mm. space camp. I mean... The multi-axis trainer, like they showed in the movie. Right. I, I'm. I'm assuming you can skip that because they don't let you ride. They don't let you ride in the space shuttle. Either. I haven't seen the movie. Do they actually train you to go in space at space camp? You or haven't seen all the just... movie. No. <laughs> it looks pretty stupid. Oh, you don't must they have a robot the in the '80s? Everybody had a robot. Yes, they had a robot. Man, you gotta see that movie. No. But, I don't but anyway, think I do. no. It's 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 kind of cool. I mean, with a they, yeah, they just they train you with astronaut training, and they and you do get to fly a simulated mission and all that kind of stuff. It's just a you know, it's just a week to nerd out. It's a lot, and it'd be a lot of fun. Well, I could see the fun of that. I'll send you a link. Well, but I didn't I, say I wouldn't like to go to space camp. I said I didn't want to see the movie. Well, I, no, it's I'm talking two different about, things. Oh, okay. Well, I'll send you. Well, I'll, you need to watch Space I'm not, Camp for eight hundred dollars. I'm not going. I, I would rather go overseas. Yeah. I need somebody to go with me, though. That's why I, part of the reason why I haven't gone. <laughs> you have a wingman <laughs> in space. <laughs> well, in I'd case have... the Romulans attack, pretty sure you can handle yourself. <laughs> I need a trusty sidekick. <laughs> yeah. Also, are, not are selling you, me very well. Are you somebody worried you'll be the, airlock, you'll you know. be the one guy in his thirties and everybody else is like fifteen? <laughs> exactly, because that is, is an adult that's a legitimate worry. If that's your worry, well, that is part of my worry as well. <laughs> yeah, but they have that. They have a space camp for educators, also, which I could probably that actually would be to. a funny movie right there. Is the two grown-up guys that go to space camp? <laughs> you gotta like see space camp, though. No, I don't. I'm surprised you made it out of the '80s without watching space camp. Well, Space Camp looked stupid in the even in the 80s. I remember looking at that movie and going, mm-hmm, go to school to learn how to go to space. It looks stupid. <laughs> I never watched Space Camp either, but I made up for it by watching Short Circuit about 30 times on Showtime. Nice. Oh, and I'm, Short Circuit 2, man. I'm down I love Short, Short Circuit. Short Circuit 2 was better because it had a little toy robot. Short Circuit 2 was more fun because it just ran with it. They didn't need Gutenberg. They were like, we got this. We got this. They realized who the star was. Really? Johnny Five. Gutenberg and Ali Sheedy are just getting in the way. Who cares? Just bringing that Indian <laughs> guy and the robot. We are ready to roll. See, the, see, they were talking about, I don't know why. I don't know why they didn't do this. But when that movie came out and the guy was selling the toy Johnny Fives, why mm-hmm. didn't they come out with John, Toy Johnny Five? I guess it just wasn't popular enough for them Man, to think. I'd have bought you know, one. You know, nowadays they merchandise anything. <laughs> it doesn't even matter. But it seemed like, you know, with it, they didn't really... Because you see merchandising for stuff that doesn't even... Barely even makes it to the theater, it seems like. Well, Sometimes they, they just make there. movies, and they don't worry about it. At least that's you know, what it they, used they to be missed, like. They missed the boat on that one, man. Because I would have, I would have definitely. They should do it now. Oh Actually, yeah. Actually, with all these retro robot things, if you had a Johnny Five robot now that was like the size of an Omnibot, 
Because, you know, it'd still be a cool robot even if you didn't know what Short Circuit was. Well, actually, these days it would be an even better robot because you could probably put some real decent It's actually a pretty interesting, it's in, a pretty know? pragmatic design for a modern robot, you know? Mm-hmm. You could build a robot. Because, you know, obviously with a lot of like stuff, you're not going to have a Maximilian remote control because you can't make a floating toy robot. Besides, Maximilian scared the crap out of me. Maximilian was badass. We should do a we should do a tribute to robots. Yeah, that's you know, I guess that's a generational thing because because we were talking up Black Hole and Lynn watched it and she was like, eh, I didn't really like it. I'm like, well, I don't know. You didn't it's, like zombie strippers either. Living daylights out of me when I was a kid. Man, that movie is is appropriate for kids, but it's dark for yeah. kids. Like, you know, when he kills Anthony Perkins, man, with the spinning blades and stuff, they don't show any blood, but that's what makes it brilliant. You just goes, see, like, yeah, it goes the through pieces his papers, of the book. and then it goes... Yeah, you just see the, the he shreds through that book, and you're like, oh, man, Uh-oh. your imagination takes care of the rest. Because you know what he just did. His eyes. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, in, in not, and not really, but I, I watched that movie Nine this weekend. You oh, seen yeah. the ads for that? The, yeah. Tim Burton-produced movie. Yeah, they throw his name on it, and they throw this visionary Russian director's name on it, but he's not the director either. They're both just producers on it. And and It was PG-13, and we ended up going with like a 10-year-old and a 4-year-old. And we're like, I hope this isn't too scary. It wasn't at all. I I think they just made it PG-13 to try to appeal to people that it wasn't a kid's movie. But Was it good? Yeah. It's visually interesting. It's not awful, but but really, the the biggest problem that I had with it was you, the the trailer threatens to be just a series of weird encounters with different weird monsters, and that's what the movie basically is. So the trailer was cut together very well. I was really impressed with the trailer, but you know, just one weird monster after another, and then it's over. Well, so yeah, I, I didn't really think it'd be all that. Yeah, you know, I I don't, we went, you know, they were taking the kids with them and they asked me if I wanted to go and, you know, I'll go to the movies, I don't care. I wouldn't have gone to see it on my own, but but I'll go to see, I'll go see anything if asked. I went to see Marie Antoinette (laughs) in the theater. Admit it, Sean, that's a guilty pleasure, right? Marie Antoinette, yeah. man, Sofia Coppola is not a guilty pleasure of mine. Nothing against her, but Marie Antoinette insulted me because it felt like she was trying to make it an allegory for being Hollywood royalty and how difficult that is. But all she really did was just forgive the, the indifference of people who lived to palatial excess while everyone else was starving. So I did not enjoy that movie. Or at least not thematically. It was well put together. I like well, I Jason from her Schwartzman. Point of view, it makes sense, but yeah, I, I could see how you would be offended by that. Yeah, well, it, it glorified her for one thing, and and sympathized with her. But really, I mean, they were they were ridiculously rich, and they knew everybody else was starving. And I don't care what the social class is; that's not forgivable in any context. Damn right. So, guilty pleasures. This is going to be one of the, <laughs> this is one of those no. guilty pleasures. Well, I broke up my soul. Who's next? Well, you know, we talked a little bit about Edmund Cooper in previous mm-hmm. episodes. Mm-hmm. 
who wrote The Slaves of Heaven. Yes. So uh, I'm, uh, he's a guilty pleasure of mine. I have to. I need to get into more. When I was in Milwaukee, we, I went into this this cool used bookstore called Renaissance Books, and it was literally like, like just three stories full of books in in what seemed to be no particular order, except that the the sections of the store were broken up by genre, but everything else was just stacks of books on the floor, shelves that were not alphabetized or, or even fully like like. Stocked in any way that made sense. Is this the kind of is this <laughs> and, the kind of bookstore that sometimes appears and then disappears later on when you start to look for it? Dude, when I walked into the store, there was like this like bohemian beatnik kid just like sitting there, and the whole rest of the store, no air conditioning or anything, was just like this big open place. Because I walked in and literally I looked at him and said, "Are you open?" <laughs> because it just it didn't look like a store. And he said that had to a sign anything, outside. man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you open? That's the question, yeah. man. <laughs> that would have been a great response. And then he hit his bongos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. But I walked into that store and I was like, this is the kind of place that they go in movies when they want to research vampires. Like whenever there's some kind of like weird thing, and then lo and behold, I walked five steps, and the like to my left was the occult section. Sure, but isn't that usually behind a beaded curtain? <laughs> well, this is like one of those like it's like a like a bookstore the size of a library, and then like the guy who owns it is an expert on every weird thing. Probably the occult. Harry Potter books are behind the beaded curtain in this store. Well, I found some interesting <laughs> Scientology. I want to watch. I cool. need the Harry Potter book. <sighs> Behind the curtain. We don't have any, yeah, we don't have any Twilight books, so don't ask. But up in the up in like the sci-fi section, they had tons of Edmund Cooper books. I bought like four or five Edmund Cooper books, and it looks like Slaves of Heaven was not his only. That wasn't his only masterpiece. I cannot wait to read Gender Genocide. My goodness, it's amazing that you found those. I know it's awesome, man. Kill the male misfits. That's the the tagline at the beginning. Kill the male misfits. <laughs> and I, I may have been talking to you. It was also published under the title "Who Needs Men." Good grief! But the, the, there is lesbian orgy on page one. <laughs> so already, right. already, and like slaves of we got to get through slaves of heaven so that we can tap because apparently women with ray guns hunt down men in modern day Scotland. <laughs> I don't know why. What, for real? Or what that has to do with anything, but that's that's a little taste of the plot of gender genocide. Does it get weirder from there? I don't know. I haven't got oh, there yet. Okay. Sometimes, like, I gotta get, now, I, I gotta crack this puppy open now. That could be strangely prophetic. They keep saying that, you know, men are on the way out. Well, apparently because the ladies are shooting them with ray guns so they can do lesbian orgies, which, why do you have to kill us for that? We had really? no problem with that. We'll let you do that? We we're not we're standing in the way of that. We came up with that idea first. Is there a chair <laughs> where I can sit down? Yeah, don't kill the messenger, baby. Look, orgy out. Do what you got to do. I'm not judging anybody. I haven't gotten to that yet because I'm still halfway through my current guilty pleasure, which is the memoirs of J.J. Arms. And I don't know why people have not written – because we talked about this in the toy forum, and maybe we've talked about it a little bit on the show. But J.J. Arms was a toy that I owned when I was in kindergarten, 
and I didn't realize it was anything was in kindergarten. In fact, it took me like years of like Googling to finally find some reference to the toy at all. And then I found out that the dude is real. It was a person. J.J. Arms was a private detective who had no hands. And he had hooks for hands that had special appendages and things like that. Like he had a spring-loaded pistol that, that is – actually, it's not spring-loaded. It's built into one of his hooks. If he, if he flexes a muscle the certain way, he can shoot a bullet out of his hook hand. Like it's wild. I was reading this this thing about halfway through, and that all it is is memoirs of his various private detective adventures. And you're just thinking, is this guy for real? Wouldn't he be worried <laughs> that, that would go off if he like you know scratches his nose exactly. or something? I mean, man, he is all about how the discipline of like he's because his hooks are 15 pounds a piece. He says that his arms are three times stronger than normal men because that's what's required for him to be able to move them around. And he's in utter control of his body. He sleeps like one hour a day. He does push-ups on his hooks and stuff, which is cool. And he also knows karate, and he punches the punching bag with his hooks. He is a killing machine, according to the book. <laughs> I mean, it's awesome. I cannot believe that they will not make a movie out of J.J. Arms. I mean, I'm blown away that this slipped through the cracks. I'm reading this book, which is like his real memoir. I'm like, Really? But it, it is awesome. It sounds like it may be just a little exaggerated, maybe. Perhaps embellished. What? Who knows? The picture part in the middle is the fun part because he has, like, a custom-made... Like, he's he's everything you imagine in, in a flamboyant character because he's, like, he's showing you how, like, I designed my own target range because he shoots, like, t- two hours a day from all positions, you know. And he can hold a gun with his hooks. And he's like, he's like, I practice shooting while running. I practice shooting from the hip. I practice, you know, shooting. You know, How much shooting has this guy got to do? My other hand. <laughs> I don't know, but he's, a, according to him, a full-on man of adventure. And apparently the book tells several accounts of all these people who have tried to assassinate him. And it's weird. Like, like he's like out hanging out with his pet rhino. And there's like a guy standing on top of his fence with a crossbow. And he shoots and he hits the rhino. And someone poisons his elephant. Did you say pet rhino? Yeah. He has a pet rhino, man. Oh, come on. That's a full stop. You gotta read this book. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta read the book. The rhino's not in the... They do have a picture. Yeah, it's it's in writing. It That'd happened. It's in a book. I read it. Book was in the nonfiction <laughs> section. Ask, you know, you don't just put still, anything. Is this man still alive? I don't know, but it makes me intrigued to find out. It's like, what? Because apparently he was like, you know, he became famous as sort of a celebrity <laughs> private eye, which is, I guess, how he got to be. Because I I, the book doesn't explain why he is so ridiculously rich. As a private eye, like how how did you build a lake with a waterfall, and why do you own a lion? You're a private detective. Okay, this has got to be crap. It's got to be crap. I don't know, man. I don't know, but it's it's crap or not. It's quite a read. (laughs) JJ Arms, my new hero. According to him, the lion, the the great cats that they keep are somewhat tame, and they actually let them roam the grounds at night for security. Oh my gosh, that is so. It's just a big bunch of crapola. Yeah, well, my but what I'm saying is, how is this not a movie? Because be be it crap or be it true, this is perfect fodder for a film. 
<laughs> I could make an own, awesome movie. Does he have his own rocket plane in a hidden hangar? Dude, don't. He has gadgets he can't even tell you about, but he has like all these fancy little gadgets. He does have his own helicopter. Okay. That he can fly. Yeah, he does fly it. He almost wrecks it in one of the stories, but but he does fly it himself. <laughs> Why can't he do like Inspector Gadget and have little roto arms come out of his little roto propellers come out of his? Maybe that's one of his secret weapons. He ha- he says in the book that he has gadgets that he can't reveal because he uses them in his everyday. Maybe he okay. was the, the inspiration for Inspector Gadget. But he believes... Well, see, what's funny is J.J. Arms was, was a, something of a celebrity back in the 70s. And around the time that $6 million Man was very popular, Kenner decided to make the J.J. Arms doll... Because they thought it would, you know, have that same kind of popularity. And there is a J.J. Arms doll that I had when I was a kid, but they also had, like, a crime van where he would, like, with a lab in the back and stuff that goes with the doll. But I don't think they ever had it. I don't think they ever had a villain or anything like that. They didn't have, like, a rhino killer crossbow assassin. <laughs> Although, damn it, they should have. <laughs> How awesome is that? Wow. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, I might so, have to read the story, the, the the epic adventure. Talk about the art. He he needs to be the adventure club mascot. <laughs> yeah, he's my, he's my personal hero. I need a big picture of him framed that I'll hang in the adventure clubhouse. In the dojo. <laughs> in our dojo. In our command center. <laughs> Fear does not exist in this dojo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what you need. Are we going to be able to uh, start different chapters in different areas of the country Mm. for uh, different Adventure Club, like, you know, Mm. Adventure Club Northeast chapter? uh, I don't see why not. I think that'd be awesome. I could just go back and report to the others that have already franchised us. Pennsylvania. Okay, so you could be the, you know. I've already already scoped out the place that that we'll be going for uh, the... uh, Mm. Pennsylvania oh, you got to do that because that because that'll encourage us. If you start having adventures and we haven't got our next one planned, we'll start. It'll shame us. Yeah, there's this there's this place called the Seven Gates of Hell. Oh, it's awesome! And that uh, sounds good. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like a well. Now I know people who have actually been there and have gone through some of the gates. Several. <laughs> There's actually literally seven gates. Supposedly, yeah. Nobody, nobody has gone through all no seven and this. returned alive. Um, <laughs> really? Awesome. Okay. Be a little bit too much. Has for anyone us. returned dead? Or no. Is this... no. Uh, well, that, people have gone through. Uh, I know one guy has gone through three of the gates before he freaked out and uh, and and left. Um, and there's some people that have gone through have gone and have hiked around in that area and never seen anything. Uh, but supposedly, now the legend is that at one time, uh, well, there's a town called Hellam, H-E-L-L-A-M, uh, near where I live. And, really? Yes. And near the town of Hellam, uh, actually a couple miles away, was uh, an insane asylum at the turn of the century. Like what I'm hearing. All right. It was an asylum that was for very violent the violently insane. 
Um, and they kept it as far away from the town as they possibly could. It was way on the outskirts. The legend goes that, uh, like, early 1900s, there was a fire, and the asylum burned down. And what happened was the inmates, some of them managed to escape and get out. And uh, the people that the township supposedly completely freaked out that there was all these loose people, these insane people all over <laughs> the town. Wackos. Right. So the legend goes that they, they found these, uh, uh, these inmates and they either beat them to death or they chased them back into the flames of the burning building. And from then on, of course, the building entirely burnt down. The asylum was closed. Uh, from that point on, that what happened there caused this gateway to open up to hell. Or that's that's the legend, anyway. Well, that's pretty awesome. So, But nobody can walk through all seven gates. Well, okay. Um, I actually drove through there this this afternoon on my on my way from work because it's not that. And far. you live to tell the tale. You can <laughs> well, drive through the seven gates. No, I didn't drive I drove through, through all seven I, gates like a, a crazy person. There's a there's one gate. There's only one gate that is visible from the road. Um, there's a, it's a road a trout trout run road which is it was originally called Toad Road. They changed the name supposedly because they didn't want people poking their noses in and trying to find this uh, these gates. So you can you can't actually you can't actually see the first gate from the road. Now it used to be that you could. Uh, a a girl I know at work, uh, like about twenty years ago, she and her uh, boyfriend drove past there, and uh, he, as a joke, kind of let her out at that gate, and he drove away, and she completely freaked out. And uh, I just asked her about it today, and she says, you know, that's weird. I hadn't even thought of that until today when you asked me about it, and she says. Uh, she says, I'm like, it really kind of did a number on her because she, to this day, it's just, it's, it's like it just happened to her. She can still remember this was at, at night and she could hear things out there. And he came back for her after only a few minutes, but she was just like screaming because there was just something in the atmosphere back there was scaring her. See, that's a cool story. See, that's what you need to do and at least take some pictures or better yet, see if – get some pictures or at least try to get some, some video if you got a video camera. Put together a dossier. Yes. Supposedly this first yeah, profile gate – profile that for us. This first gate looks <laughs> like the gates to the haunted mansion. They're like – she says they were like black iron, huge black iron gates. Now, you, I drove by there, and I couldn't see them from the road, but I only got to the point where the pavement ended, and uh, my car does not go where pavement ends. So, <laughs> Which is a pretty good rule, yeah. actually. Well, you know, I didn't want to go because it was, it's one of those roads, those little country roads that goes up and down hills, and the, the area has a very timeless, very concrete real quality to it that looks like nothing has changed back there for 50 years and is not likely to i mean it is it is a quiet yet noisy place like when you open up the window on the car you can just hear all the noises of the the woods and the fields and the you know crickets and stuff 
And I was worried. I didn't want to go any farther down the paved, the unpaved road because I was afraid, well, what if my car stopped or, you know, I was accosted by hill people. No one would know. Yeah, the, which is the stronger concern. What about other wackos that may be interested in the seven gates of hell? Right. There's a real-world element to that that has to be considered. Yeah, another friend at work, uh, her uh, her son had a couple of his friends went there, and uh, they got through three or four of the gates before they freaked out. Supposedly what happens is the farther along you go, now the, the one gate is visible in the day. The other gates are only visible at night you can't that's that's the lore yeah that's the lore you can't see them and the farther along the the more you go through the more the more gates you go through the weirder stuff seems to happen like you'll start hearing voices there'll be screams from far off uh apparitions will start to appear and uh now i did check one website and they said that supposedly nobody has gotten past the fifth gate that it just freaks people out so bad. They just, they just leave. They can't take it anymore. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. You got You got to do that. That's, that's too good a story. <laughs> Assemble your team and go forth. <laughs> Assemble my team. Yeah. And report back. Exactly. Cause we have our, we, we got an expedition very soon before mid October where we will do our Georgia Guidestones adventure. So that's that, with with the Atlanta chapter, <laughs> we'll head down that, and I gotta get with I gotta get with my Savannah people and get our next expedition. I just paid my hundred twenty dollar ticket for not having a life vest on our last expedition. Holy crap! For not- I know, you know, and I feel like a jerk too because some of the other people, you know, as I was telling them, you know, we're gonna I, I gotta tell you, man, it's the court date's tomorrow. If you don't pay it today, they're gonna arrest us. <laughs> so, so I waited to the last day, and I thought that was bad. And then they're calling me, going, "Yeah, we called them, and they don't even have our tickets in the system, so we're probably just not going to pay it." <laughs> Jerks! No, so I'm the only one that had to pay. It's okay, man. It's you know. We'll see. We'll see when the bench warrants go out for failure to appear. Who was right to pay that ticket, and who wasn't? Fight the power, man. Well, next time yeah, they, well, they get pulled my... over for something. Yeah, man, they get picked up. Well, it's starting to make me mad. What if these guys never put it in the computer? This happened to me. This is something that you can just about get away with in Savannah. Because the last time I had a ticket for, for not having my tag, I went to the court date just so I could tell them. Because usually if you just go say you got it renewed, they'll let you go. But they make you go to court. And I stood in court all day, and they never called my number. Even after they got past my number. And at the end, they're like, anybody who's left, come up here. It's like, if I'm left, that means you never had me in the computer. I never had to come. I mean, some ass, some jerk just bought, <laughs> some guy just wrote a ticket and never typed it up. It's just a piece of paper with a number on it. I never had to pay it at all. <laughs> yeah. But oh well. Adventure has a price. That that particular adventure had a pretty high price tag, all things considered. Yeah, really. You didn't come out well but on that. But lessons learned. Yeah. Well, what makes me mad is they already saw me going over all my cameras and stuff broken, and they're going to write me a ticket. <laughs> you got screwed. Well, Don't you know the day I've had? 
<laughs> I know. Man. <laughs> you're not a real cop. You know why I know? Because you're writing someone a ticket for not having a life vest. You're not who people call when lives are at stake. You should have told him that. That's, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> you're a small man. <laughs> and that didn't work? Yeah. No, what I did was you'll have to catch me first and jump right back into the river with the kayak. <laughs> like, oh, man. <laughs> you know he's going to come back here. His car's here. <laughs> he wouldn't have put in. <laughs> you'll never take me alive. Kappa. <laughs> this is why he's getting the ticket. He's willing to die. <laughs> Rather than have a light vest. Just take a light vest. But I would like to do, like, try to spend the night in Fort Pulaski or something like that. That's what we need to do. A buddy of mine are talking about doing a, a book that, that in some way centers on the, the yellow fever tunnels here in Savannah, which I would also like to visit. So we may get a chance to go do some some research in the historical archives of Savannah. That would be fun. Space camp. A big adventure club. Space camp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> sure, yeah, exactly. What's more like, What's more of an adventure like, than outer space, man? Math camp. <laughs> That's a big adventure, too. time at math camp? <laughs> I don't think any any kind of camp ends up being an adventure unless it's one of the, one of the ones where the crazy people try to kill you. Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> yeah, if it's that camp blood. If it's that, then then yes. Yeah. What kind of camp? What kind of camp stories you have in math camp? Well, one time, man, it was the hardest formula, and it took <laughs> me all night to come up with the answer. Did you have to go to camp for that? That's what I don't understand. Is like, does everything constitute? Like, does everything warrant a camp? Is it really a camp, or is it more? Like- yeah. Do they actually sleep in cabins at math camp? Sleep in cabins and get up and do math problems. <laughs> Formulate integers. You know what you're talking about, Sean. You're in the Fibonacci <laughs> camp. Your cabin. Yeah, see, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. But we, yeah, we gotta, we gotta spread this. Maybe we'll spread the adventure. Because I want to get, you know, I'm so far it's not looking good that I saved any video from that expedition. So my lighthouse adventure may not have any video footage. You can't but, extract the tape. It, I did extract the tape, but I can't. It won't play. Oh. The the salt monster got it. Hmm. I would have thought that that you know, the exposed part that was actually wound up in the camera would be in danger, but I didn't think anything would actually get the whole tape. Like the, 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 I would have thought there were at least portions of the tape that would be okay. Maybe there will be, but not so far. Mm. That sucks. Yeah, it does suck, because then you lost the camera for nothing. If you don't come away with the footage, then you lost everything. <laughs> you got nothing. You don't have any proof yeah, at all. Yeah, it's worth the loss of a camera to come back with some footage. Your adventure could be a lie. We don't know. You didn't bring the tape. Well, you... You saw that I did have still pictures. Could be doctored. You no, know, we went to the li- the lighthouse. Could be doctored. <laughs> I know Photoshop. You can't prove a little, nothing. A little, little boring if it was, but <laughs> that, that you would, that Not you very would duck yourself on that lighthouse. 
I, I personally would have put a dinosaur in there, but you know. yeah, it could have done a lot cooler things Ninjas, with, with nothing you know, but something. your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the time traveling adventure club does sound cool. <laughs> I punched out Hitler. <laughs> That's an adventure, sir. Me and Sacagawea punched out Hitler. <laughs> you got it on, and then got it on with Sacagawea. Yeah, I don't know what she had against Hitler, but you know, whatever. She's <laughs> saucy. Must be, must be able to provide your own weapons. <laughs> yeah, that's the best part. <laughs> this is no joke. <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, that's funny. I think, has anybody got any more guilty pleasures they want to talk about? I do say like some luchador movies. I've mentioned oh, that. Oh, yes, the luchador movies. That's a good one. Which the I don't Blue understand Demon at all. I don't know why you like them so much. Oh, because they're awesome. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Santo and Blue Demon fighting Dracula and the Wolfman? What's not to like? It's, it's everything. <laughs> I wish I could. They're hard to get. They're hard to get at all, but they're almost impossible to find with English subtitles. I've only actually got two that had the English subtitles. The one where they fight Dracula and the Wolfman, I got it, and it's in TSC, but it's not subtitled at all. Is it in Spanish? Yeah. Can you still learn, follow learn the action? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the narrative is pretty simple to get, you know. When you see Frankenstein, you see Dracula come up out of his coffin, and then you see the wolfman also come up out of a coffin, and you're like, And then what? they wrestle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, then they wrestle Santo and Blue Demon. That's pretty awesome. They wrestle a, a bunch of werewolves in that. Over a bungee pit. That reminds me of something that I saw uh, not, uh, recently. It was a uh, well. It was the opening of a, a documentary called Otaku Unite, which is uh, a documentary about like people who love anime. But the oh, yeah. but the the short that came before it was about guys who would dress up in um, monster costumes, like uh, very Japanese style monster costumes, and get in a ring and wrestle each other. <laughs> also sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> what I like about the luchador thing is how the luchador is such a like a, a folk hero in that culture, though. Like, I mean, they made the, you know, luchador is basically Mexican wrestlers that wear masks is is where the mystique is. But they ended up, you know, becoming such heroic figures that, you know, Santo was probably the, the biggest, you know, the biggest most famous one of his time, you know, they start making movies out of them. And it's like the Elvis movies or these weird celebrity movies where they've tried to figure out what to do with them. So every time they're in a movie, like sometimes they're spies, sometimes they're superheroes, like the ones, the, the, the one in champions of justice, which is the, one of the ones that, it, that I did have subtitled, they're like a superhero team and their goddaughters are all in the Miss Mexico pageant and they get kidnapped by this mad scientist who's like made super powered midgets to fight them. That's awesome. And then in another one, they're spies and they go unlock the mystery of the Bermuda Triangle. But the, sometimes they just fight like Dracula and the Wolfman. <laughs> like, I love that the, anything is possible in the world of the luchador. Because I was watching this documentary called uh, Lucha Libre Behind the Mask, and it's about like modern luchadors, like wrestlers. And some of them, I mean, some of them in the documentary wouldn't show their face in the documentary. Like, the, like they're actually concealing their secret identities like it's important 
you know that they they maintain that that sort of mystique it's a weird world i really like like the the luchadors are sort of you know like the closest thing you'll see to people who actually do dress up like superheroes in the real world and i think those guys take a real beating like the guy one of the the guy who gets like loses one of the bouts in it i mean gets the absolute tar beat out of him for real gets his head knocked in with a chair i don't think they're faking It's real, just like wrestling. Yeah. Luchadors are real. <laughs> Shut <seen> up. Them. <laughs> They're real. They're quiet. <laughs> so that's pretty awesome. You can't tell me that I haven't actually seen luchadors or that I don't sometimes wear a luchador mask. You do indeed. No, you I don't. Do. That's just, you know. You just really know this Gilberto guy really well, right? And so, like, yeah, exactly. So what am I saying? I mean, I know of luchadors. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't fully agree with their methods. <laughs> so you, and you would never be a luchador, never, ever. But you know, I need to get my own. There, there are websites where you can get your own custom mask made. I need to do that. <laughs> I need to get out from under. You know, I need to get out of Blue Demon Shadow and and, and make my own look. <laughs> Man, the WB used to be one of my big guilty pleasures, and it's coming back now. Like the WB.com puts a lot of those old shows on the internet, and they have their own on demand now where they play old teeny bopper TV shows. Oh, yeah. So that's a good thing for me, watching old OC and all that kind of stuff. I loved the WB. It was a state of mind. <laughs> that That's actually how you first got into podcasting. Your first show, uh, This Week in Angst, was your... Well, that wasn't my first show, but it was one of our first little segments. Oh. That was my most popular. <laughs> it had a theme song. <laughs> I was born in the back of a shotgun shack on the wrong side of the railroad track. I might be pregnant. If it weren't for you, don't know what I'd do. And then the WB went off the air. It's like, well, crap. Yeah, it's like, great. Yeah, the song. market went away. Yeah, now it's coming back. The teeny boppers are coming back. It's good. I have to admit, I like like some of the HGTV shows that are out there, like how the work on houses and things like that. It, I never liked HGTV because I never, they'd have those decorating shows and I never seemed to know. I don't like those. Like I like Christopher Lowell. Christopher Lowell was awesome. Like his little decorating techniques. I like the house hunter show where they go and like visit three houses and you try to guess which one they pick. And they're just looking at houses. That's all it is. It's funny how people like that that sort of weird microscope on of reality <laughs> that you would enjoy that. I used to really like Project Runway. <laughs> that show. Oh, that's a, real easy to get into. I don't know why. My wife really likes Project Runway. She. Uh... I, I feel sorry for the models because mm-hmm. the models like it's a, it's a competition of designers, but the designers pick their models, and whichever model is with the designer who wins, they get a photo shoot. But they have no say in anything, so it's all random. So they're the they're the real, the real victims of that show. If I was going to pick a show as a guilty pleasure, I'd probably 
Well, there's one that I've been watching a lot, but it's I've been watching it on Hulu. I'm not actually sure what channel it's actually on, but it's uh, Three Sheets, which is basically a show about a guy who goes to different countries and drinks the local brew. At, How do I get that job? Gets 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 basted and, uh, you know, just uh, drinks and has a good time. I mean, I, I love that show. That sounds Goes awesome. To, that that sounds like it would be a good show because I guess he drinks whatever is local, right? Right. Uh, like, you know, Ireland he goes and he drinks, you know, the local beer, uh, Guinness or whatever. Uh, he goes to Den- it- he goes to uh, Russia. It's vodka. You know, you go to – I mean, it just – and then there's like, you know, different bars have like their special drinks, which he'll try. Or, you know, they'll do the thing where you put, you know, the – flame on the bar and then you drop three shots into three beers at the same time that kind of nonsense just kicks back enjoys it yeah is that the one where you had to drink the rum with the viper in it <laughs> someone was telling me about that i, was I like, don't wow, remember that'd that be hard. i don't remember that might have missed some place apparently had a drink where where they put a viper in a, in a it, that's they let a, a dead snake ferment in the yeah in the rum and he said it was the most vile thing you could imagine drinking. <laughs> that just you doesn't know, sound good. It probably tastes exactly what I would imagine. It tastes like it's got a dead snake in there. Yeah. That's what you call a fifth round drink. <laughs> yeah, that that is like from experience, I can tell you after, that's a that's a one in the morning drink. Like, I don't care. It's called a mind eraser. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What's in a Drano colada? <laughs> <laughs> sounds it's good. what it sounds like. It's what it sounds like. My wife watches America's Next Top Model, and I can't. That show to me is just completely fluff. Is that Tyra though? Fluff. Yeah, that's Tyra. I don't think I can watch anything with her in it. She seems unbelievably oh, man. annoying. It's just like you know, you know, she gets onto the models because you're not making the you know the money face, and she'll like d- demonstrate the money face. And I was like, you're just making your eyes look bigger. You know, st- st- <laughs> and that is the money face. Yeah, you know? I make my eyes bigger, and the money comes. I think we can all Apparently agree to that. can do that, but but look like it, you got hit in the back of the head with a sack of quarters. It's the money <laughs> face. That's <laughs> And what gets me. You know, apparently, of course, you can tell I've watched some of these shows. Uh, like I say, my wife watches them. I end up watching them too because it it is just sort of just so silly what these girls get upset about and and what they perceive as what looks good. That that's what is fascinating to me. That, that, I think that's what would make me sad. Yeah, yeah, that's what fascinates me about fashion in general. What they what they think looks good, but uh, you know, some of the pictures they take, you know, they're not they're not very exciting to me, you know, so I don't really see, understand why, you know, it's considered high fashion or anything. It, to me, it just looks like a photo. Nothing really fancy. Nothing. I mean, it's fancy, but overdone or something. I don't know. You know, it just, I just don't get it. Yeah. It's not my bag. I'm sorry. I uh, watch football. I know what you guys <laughs> yeah. 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 I watch football too. <laughs> I do watch my share. Maybe you guys should watch programming for men and you wouldn't be as confused yeah. about so many things <laughs> as you clearly hey, I are. I watch NASCAR. There you go. Yeah. That's Who's a, your driver? That's a, that's a guilty pleasure that I, I don't know why I haven't mentioned it already. Who's my driver? Yeah, Tony real. Stewart. He's my driver. All right. All right. <laughs> 
I like who's Mark your driver? Martin. Are you a- Mark Martin? Oh well, no, I like Mark Martin too, and he, you know, I'm glad he's running so well this year. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for him too. How about that Cole Trickle? You like him? <laughs> Trickle. <laughs> I remember Nick good. Trickle. I don't remember. You don't know Cole Trickle? I don't. Cole no. Trickle. He can do anything behind the wheel of a car. <laughs> Uh, Cole Trickle. That was, that was Dates of Thunder. Okay, uh, yeah. Tom Cruise is kind of like Canoe and Nick Cage. He's had some good character names. He doesn't come close to those guys. Those guys have a running competition over who has the most ridiculous character names. Because, <laughs> you know, obviously Canoe's got the good ones. He's Shane Falco, Johnny Utah. He's he's looking pretty good. Neo. Johnny Mnemonic. Johnny Mnemonic being another good one, but uh, but but you know, Nick Cage has got Memphis Reigns. Oh, that's a good, that's one. good one. That's that's in in Con Air. His name was Cameron Poe. That's a good one. Johnny Blaze from Ghost Rider. Oh, yeah, that movie was on the other night, and I was just stunned by how awful it is. I remember when it came out, I didn't think it was that bad, and I was watching it on TNT, and I'm like, oh my god. That's <laughs> horrible. He's doing that awful, like, weird southern accent thing that he tries to do that sort of half Elvis. Right, he's throwing his Elvis out. <laughs> yeah, except I used to read the Ghost Rider comic when I was a kid. It was more literate than that movie. And then he turns into Ghost Rider, and Ghost Rider says stupid things like, you're going down. Oh, it's funny. You know, I've been trying to get bricks together in a NASCAR race for a long time. It won't happen. <laughs> he, well, now his wife wants to go. Really? Yeah. Going That's to a, fun. I've been to one. I went to the one in Dover several years ago, and mm. it is quite an experience. I mean, it really is incredibly loud. Oh yeah. Well, especially at Dover. Is it just like a big excuse for like a big glorified tailgating party? Because it's like four hours of cars driving around in circles. Well, that's all, that's just what a bunch all of sporting events are. Is, you know, excuse to get together and drink a lot of beer. Yeah. And, but, yeah. Is well, I mean, the, appeal? the NASCAR culture, I mean, I mean, yeah, they they go out there and camp all weekend. And, you know, it's just like sci-fi conventions or anything else. It's just what you're into. But, uh, and, and I have it camped out. It sounds like boring. Huh? Is it, how's it not boring? Cause it, what? Guys driving around in a circle for four hours? <laughs> yeah. I mean, at, at times it is boring. But, but now if you go, if you actually go to the race, um, it, it's not as boring because you do get to be involved <laughs> in the culture of things. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Is that what makes it fun? Because I don't like baseball, but I think, you know, I think baseball's boring on TV. But I would watch it. I'd go to a baseball game because most sports are fun if you're there. It's sort of like bands that you think are crappy. You might enjoy them if you were at the show because it's a whole different thing. I can tell you that baseball is fun to watch at the park because you're not just watching the game. You're also taking in the whole scene. You're, you know, you go and get your food. You're... Looking at the people around you, because sometimes they're as interesting as what's going on on the field. Yeah. I mean, it's the whole, the, the ambiance of being there. I mean, that it does make it different. And you're also getting different look. I mean, you're getting a different look of the game than what you get 
on TV. On TV, it's always you look at the pitcher, you look at the batter, the batter hits. You know, I yeah. mean, it's, it's 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 there's a rote pattern to it. Whereas when you're at the game, you're seeing something from a completely different angle, and it's a different look to it. Man, I just realized while I'm talking to you that I may I'm on the verge of ignoring another one of my guilty pleasures, which is the Savannah Roller Derby team. <laughs> wow. Savannah do they cover the roller derby events in Savannah? Like on TV? We have our own roller derby team. Well, I'm gonna have to check the website for the Savannah Derby Devils because they're our own local team. And I mean, that's like when they go, we went to one of their bouts and it was like a high school gym. It wasn't a high school, but I mean, it was that quality of gym and it was at a, it was at the armory here in Savannah. I imagine that would be a lot of fun. It was when we first got there, there was like one set of bleachers that could seat about 10 people. And we're like, Oh God, everyone was bringing their own chairs. So like, we don't know what we've gotten into, but actually it was, it was a great deal of fun and they're going to have another bout. They're going to have a bout. Actually, the weekend of my birthday, which will be good timing, because I'll definitely go. But there's a scrimmage coming up where they'll be looking for new girls. Keep trying to get some of my friends to do it. <laughs> like that's that's an adventure. I'll film it. Yeah, and I want to watch. That you doesn't out there carry as much weight. Duking it out with all those it, other girls. <laughs> it, it used to be like you used to carry some weight with people if you say, "I'll film it." <laughs> Everybody goes that whatever. Motivate. Yeah. Really. For what? Your private collection. <laughs> for YouTube, <laughs> uh, we need more. At, we need adventure videos. So far, we have none because I lost the only adventure footage that we got. Sad. Well, I'm down with the Georgia Godstones when you guys want to do it. Yeah, well, we're on for that. And uh, I got to do a little What was it? Spam. The uh, the the uh, attic. The excavation of my parents' attic, which it's the funniest how we keep building that up. How many people are going to be interested in a video of, of us going through my parents' attic? Won't my parents be happy? <laughs> oh, not, yeah, this better not special. turn into Al Capone's basement and you go up there and you it find could. out that everything be has been thrown away, was thrown away years ago. and Or destroyed or we won't find anything. There's all kinds of there's all kinds of ways it could go wrong, Dry but I guess that's the all. fun of it. Yeah, are they just, it's going to be all squirrel nests. <laughs> but that's that's what you go in for. That's the that's we we shouldn't edit that out if it happens. We should put that out there. Then no one will take it harder than Brooks if we find nothing. He's really he's really excited about it. Well, that would be he's, isn't that Brooks's guilty pleasure, which is uh, the toys. <laughs> yeah, toys. Uh, yeah, we, and I don't know all that. I, I like toys bit. also. Yeah. yeah, I just. I don't collect them anymore. That's why so much of that stuff is in my parents' attic. I don't, I don't have anywhere to put that kind of stuff. But I'm kind of nostalgic. Yeah, I have the robot. Is that that's is awesome? That the Lost, like the I have original, a wind up. Lost yeah, it's the original Lost, Lost in Space? Space robot. Yes. That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. I have I have a wind up of him, and I did have from Spencer gifts. I actually had a little keychain where you push that down, and it said that. Yeah, I love that robot. Yeah, his little bubble head bobs up and down. He's got his. That's cool. He's got his little phaser or laser in his one hand. Now I do have a wind-up tin Gort that I bought on eBay, but now robots, robot toys, and tin toys are, are a guilty pleasure of mine. Well, like I love robot any kind of wind-up tin toy. One of mine as but well. robots, yeah. Well, you like the cool. You like the cool remote control robots mm -hmm. too. Like I think I like the tin toy robots better. 
they're they're more interesting to look at but yeah i like the ones that actually are bordering on real robots that that are very you know um like well my favorite ones are the tomy robots from the 80s like the omnibot and yeah you know that all those um and i've got several of those so those are fun mm-hmm. and we yeah and we've talked about that several times because i've had a bunch of those got the omnibus yeah that's all good fun <laughs> well see that's why i've gotten nostalgic about my parents attic like as a, i don't really collect that kind of stuff now but i'm just curious to see what's there because for there was a time and not even in my real youth i'm talking about like my young adulthood <laughs> before i left home where where i was you know buying toys like for to collect them like on a regular basis so there's no telling what's up there and whatever, you know, I don't have my old Star Wars toys here. I have a bunch of that stuff. So I remember that stuff just being in, gar- in like, paper, like, grocery bags. Well, so who knows? Cry. I know. That's what's going to be sad if we find it all destroyed. Because <laughs> from a practical perspective, it doesn't hurt me at all. <laughs> but I can just imagine Brooks, Brooks will take it real hard. Hi, uh, if we don't come away with something yeah, I sold some gonna... of my stuff on eBay, some of my old toys on eBay, I, and Brooks almost stopped being my friend. <laughs> He's still mad at you about it. <laughs> he was. He was hurt. He's mad. Yeah, I have a I have a collection of old uh, board games, and I do have uh, somewhat of a collection of comic books. Although I got rid of a lot of it. But I, I'm just curious. There's no telling. There's probably uh, plenty of stuff I don't remember because I bet I have a lot of stuff from when I was a kid up there that I wouldn't even remember. So it'll be fun for me. You had a Maximilian little toy robot. I think I have that here somewhere. Hmm. Yeah, I, I had the Maximilian. I never had a Vincent. He was harder to find. But I think I have Maximilian here s- somewhere. A lot of the robots I brought with me because I've always liked the robots. I like robots. My my toy choices are robots and spaceships, and and weapons. I'm I never I'm not really into the action figures. I never have really cared much about that. But but anything that you know is hardware related, I like that kind of stuff. Like I'd I'd love to have like a real track order. That'd be sweet. A real one, yeah, that would be pretty cool. A, a real one. <laughs> Well, I remember back when Playmates or whoever started making Star Trek toys back in the day, and they started out by making Next Generation toys, and that wasn't as fun. But then they started doing a series of original Star Trek figures, and then they started doing the props, where you could get like an original Star Trek series phaser or something like that. And that, I remember thinking those were the coolest mm-hmm. of all the toys that they made. You know, I would actually still think something like that is cool. And those Playmates toys were actually probably some of the best quality toys. Oh, yeah, they were really well made. Um, You know, as opposed to like some of the, especially the ships. I'm so annoyed at my Art Asylum Star Trek ships because they keep coming apart. Well, when you play with them hard, that will get... Well, you know, I can't stop playing (laughs) with them. Exactly. Hey, sometimes command of a starship is hard work. <laughs> that is funny. Or as Brooks would say, I'm a piss poor engineer. He, <laughs> he came in as like one of my Enterprise ships was upside down. He's like, "You're a piss poor engineer." <laughs> <laughs> well, that is no way to store it. <laughs> I gotta back him up on that. 
Mm. Although in space it doesn't really matter. It's yeah. kind of funny how in Star Trek when they always like come head to head with each other, they're always like on the same plane and they're facing each other and they're both upright, you know. <laughs> when in the physics of space it wouldn't matter at all. Yeah, I think that's just to keep people's heads from twitching. I mean, because it's just well, yeah. it's just too because hard it's... to think about. Even though it isn't, you know, three dimensions, they try to keep it. It's as... a visual metaphor for ships at sea, right? So you can't really get that if, like, you're flying around and then the other ship is coming up perpendicular, facing the bottom of you. You're like, hey, geez. But you'd think someone would have like tried to use that as a tactical advantage in one of these movies. They did. Star Trek, Star Trek 2, but all they do is just pop up out of the clouds at him, and they still, like, if they had come, like, right up, you know, just basically up his tailpipe, that would have said something. Well, that movie, it always looked like they were going about three miles an hour as they're, you know, coming forward and coming, you know, they just look look like they're going so slow. <laughs> I know. Like, impulse is, is apparently just running speed. But really, that, that seemed pace. to be the same case. I mean, in the the Star Wars, the later uh, uh, battles as well. I mean, the, with the big ships, they always seem to be going incredibly slow. That is what's funny in, well, Star, I, in Star Wars. Like, the big Star Destroyers look like they can hardly move at all. And the little fighters just zip around like, like either one would matter in space. Right. I'm glad they do that, though, because it provides scale. It's it's fun. They do it because it's fun. Like I say, the, you relate that to life on Earth. Like, if they moved, if, if any of it followed the real physics of space, it wouldn't be fun. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be nearly, the fighters wouldn't be nearly as cool if the big spaceships were moving as fast. Right. <laughs> but yeah. technically, they It'd would. be disconcerting. Yeah, they mm-hmm. totally could. All right, well... Brooks isn't here, so I think maybe I should just say, "All right then." <laughs> Shut us yeah, up. Someone, yeah, someone <laughs> we'll needs talk to take all this night. down. But but these are the ones I enjoy. We just talk about the the silly things. Silly. But yeah, you what? you get on your adventures and let us know how that works out, and we'll have to get on some new adventures. <laughs> Assemble your team. I sure will. Mm. And if you never hear from me again, you'll know what happened. <laughs> he went through the seventh gate of hell. That is, no matter what happens, that's what I'm going to tell people. Because that is awesome. Send us an email if that happens. And we need to get with... Uh, from hell. Send us an email from hell. Yeah, just... just well, you know it'll be from, the professor it'll be from AOL. The professor at hell.org. It'll be in AOL.com. Yeah. <laughs> it'll still be... Man, that is hell. I'll use my AOL account. It'll be fine. There's got a Starbucks down there, so we got Wi-Fi. <laughs> I'll be running on a 33.6 modem. <laughs> Loading screen. <laughs> Loading screen. Yeah. We'll have to get with with Ink Fink and see if he wants to do us a, an adventure logo design so we can start making patches and hats. Sweet. Easter. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna make you a logo so you can sell hats. Sounds awesome. <laughs> Hey, if you want to be part of the dream, this is the cost. All right. right. Well, I've enjoyed talking to you as always, David. Yes. Well, TV8MyDinner.com is the website. Feedback at TV8MyDinner.com is where you can email us. As always, the forum is at forum.TV8MyDinner.com. Which I do visit. 
sometimes. Yes, Greg does. If you want to hear from Greg, then just mention him in a comment because all he does is go to the forum and do keyword searches for his name. <laughs> That's not always true. Not this time. Not not last oh, you week. Popped up, you popped up right away the last time I said something about you. <laughs> well, yeah, I listened to an episode. You were, uh, one where I wasn't, I wasn't there, and you dogged me out so bad. I was like, I'm going to start getting on the forum because... Well, I appreciate that you listen to the episodes now. That's good. That's a progress. <laughs> I think uh, I listen to all the episodes. He's doing the work. He's baby stepping. <laughs> the forum is just, you know, I don't know. What, I, I, I do my best, but it does seem like I, I miss the forum. You can catch me on Facebook, though. I'm there all the time. Your bliggity blogs and your facey spaces and your tweety pages. Mm-hmm. If you want to know what Greg's doing at that moment. At that very moment. <laughs> Right. Or if you want to hear my political rants, which my wife says is getting to be pretty bad on my Facebook page. Well, all right then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, take us out, man. <laughs> I, I don't usually. I'm Sean. Dun, dun, uh, I'm dun, Greg. Dun, dun, dun. I'm I guess. Dave. Okay. Who, how does Brooks do that first? I guess Brooks does it. First. Usually Brooks does it. Well, I'm, I guess Dave. I'm, 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 I'm Sean. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, just Dave. bring it down. Bring it down. That's all. Just shut it down. All right. Okay, and here I go. And scene. And scene. That's good. This has been TV8 My Dinner. Don't forget to visit our forum at www.forum.tv8mydinner.com. The jury is dismissed with the thanks of the court. We are adjourned.